Welcome back to a, another episode of Horror Cats and Witch Hats. It's Katie and Izzy, and we're back at it with some uh, uh, a, a very mind fuckery of a movie. And this is another listener request. I believe it was, is it J.J. Abrams? J.J. Abrams is a, is a director. Oh, is that? <laughs> okay, the director reached out to me specifically and was like, listen... I want you. I to want do you this to do movie. this movie. It's yep. not even our movie. It's not even my movie. Not the one that I directed. But I want you to do this movie. He's like, you yeah. guys, you girls have the best podcast I've ever heard. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He was so enthralled with it. It was, it was amazing. Um, so it comes from JJ, who is also, um, he's he's a he's a listener of my my show. He's cool. He he's did cool. our movie review for the last movie we did. And he's a kitty protector and um, advocate and all that great stuff. So thanks. Thanks, buddy. Thanks, I name's If I remember correctly, it's Jim. I can I can confirm this. Hang on. I, <laughs> I know how to do this. No, don't put his full name out there. Okay. Well, it's JJ on Instagram. And the movie we're doing is midsummer yes it's one of my uh, closest friends favorite movies she really loves this movie and i'm i really enjoy it but i also am very biased because i love the main actress <laughs> she's starting to come up in a lot of places and it just it makes me happy i so the first time we watched it i thought there was going to be like a god-like ritual beast like in the ritual and so this whole time i'm thinking when does this beast come out so i tyler watched it he did not like it but we'll get into like those details that later does, that actually doesn't surprise me but at all, he was like andy andy hates it he was like it was so predictable and i was like i didn't predict a single second because i was waiting for a monster to come out <laughs> so but it came out in 2019 it's considered a folk horror it's also one of the better known folk horrors and i guess it was kind of like a newer genre in the late it's, 2000s in teens. scream they describe it as a different it's a special horror and now i can't think of the name the anyways keep going i'll think of it okay the director himself described it as a dark comedy uh, which i could i mean i didn't laugh at any parts but i could see it uh, being kind of like a humorists type of horror mm -hmm. uh it's currently kind of i yeah it's viewable on showtime uh which requires a subscription we learned yeah every everywhere pretty much requires a subscription and it has 27 wins, 77 nominations. Most of the wins are for Katie's favorite leading lady. She is just so wonderful. Um, God damn it, I'm trying to find this because the way that they describe it is fucking hilarious. Okay. Uh, her name is... Uh, Go ahead. <clears throat> so it's Florence Pugh. I love her last name. Pew. <laughs> pew, pew. Uh, she has started to kind of come up out of... I didn't really know who she was until all of a sudden she was in Black Widow, 
But she's been in a lot of things, um, and she started acting back in 2014. But she uh, plays Black Widow's sister, <laughs> Yelena. I, I really love her. She's such a badass. Um, she's also been in the remake of Little uh, Little Women, uh, which I didn't know that was a thing until, like, today. Um, but before that, I mean, I don't really know her from too much. She was getting wins and nominations left and right for her part in this film, for her performance, like, best performance, leading role, whatever, and... They also got awards for cinematography. It also won a Fangoria Chainsaw Awards Best Kill. And when we do our graveyard later, we're going to guess which one we think is the best kill. I didn't kill. I didn't look it up uh, to see which one it was. but So so we will look it up <laughs> and then let you know. Yeah. After, after we predict. Yes. Katie will do another live Google and... <laughs> Yeah, really quick. Um, this uh, this movie was written and directed by Ari Aster, who is fucking crazy. Can I just tell you that now? He makes the craziest movies. He, um, It's very interesting. But he, in 2008, he did Hereditary. 2018. 2000, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. 2008. Only a, a long time ago. 2008 yeah. plus a decade. <laughs> plus, plus 10 years, yeah. In 2018, he did Hereditary. Uh, and now he has a film coming out this year called Disappointment Boulevard, and it, it, it I don't know if it's going to be necessarily a horror, but it does have Joaquin Phoenix in it, and that's confirmed. Have you seen Hereditary? Yeah, it's fucking, uh, um, uh, so my friend actually worked, uh, as a, uh, as a cinematographer for Hereditary. He currently works on Yellowstone and stuff, too. Well, he's Andy's friend, but now he's my friend. <laughs> friend by association. Friend-in-law. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, friend-in-law. Um, but he, I was, I asked him about that because he was talking about how he worked on that because it was filmed here in Utah. And oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Uh, he said, and okay, so there's a part where a head comes off in the movie. Uh, he said the fake head on like on set was the scariest thing ever because it looked incredibly real yeah i guess uh ari aster has a thing with like head trauma yep and really loves it he said that he's gonna attempt to include it in like all of his movies like it's gonna become his mark so i'm wondering yeah. if if disappointment boulevard which is not meant to be a horror but i'm sure it's if joaquin phoenix is in it it's probably a a drama. It's going to be a psychological thriller of some sort, I think. Or like a drama or something. Yeah. So it will be interesting to see if he puts it outright in those movies as well or if it's more of like a background thing. So we'll see. But um, I this... have not seen Hereditary, uh, but people really We're liked it. We're going to have to do it. People really enjoy this movie. It's kind of fucked up. It's sad and it's kind of confusing. Um. But with the de with the in depth stuff that you and I do, we'd be able to handle it pretty well. He, for this film specifically, one of the reasons I like it is that every detail is purposeful. There's yeah. nothing that's there just to fill a space. Um, every single like frame and it's all just like art, and yep. it serves a purpose and it tells the story. So this is gonna be a long episode. Strap in. <laughs> Hopefully, if you're listening to this in the car, you are already strapped in. Click it or ticket. Keep, keep, 
Can you see Bilbo? <laughs> There's a little She's just kitty. My she little blindy bat. She looks it so was tiny. A, it, she is tiny. It was National Blind Animal or Blind Pet Day the other day. I think it was yesterday. Um... And so I was like, hey, there's that, a National Pet Day for Bilbo. That's why Bilbo is being featured in today's episode. Not that yeah, you can see him, but we can. Her. What did I say? Her. Him. Oh, sorry. She She is being featured. She's my baby girl. They. We Anyways. don't assume genders. <laughs> they yeah. are being featured in today's episode. Uh, so Midsummer was produced by A24, which is a great film company i really enjoy their movies and they've got a new one coming out that i'm excited to see but they are an independent in, uh entertainment company founded by daniel katz uh david which is why they're good obviously yeah yeah to start off with the names uh but then there's david i think it's fenkel i assume and john hodges um they did spring breakers the witch which was really great i really enjoyed it moonlight uh, they did Ari Aster's Hereditary. They've done season uh, Euphoria season two, which I also loved. Um, they've got a new one coming out called X, I believe. And it's about porn, but <laughs> it looks really cool. It's like a horror movie about a porn star or something. I it mean, looks really cool. I'm excited. The industry itself is a horror story, so I'm... Uh, they do a yeah. lot of murder movies, so I don't know anything about the movie biz um so when i was first looking up stuff for midsummer all everything said an a24 film and i was like why the fuck does that matter um and i guess that's kind of like being like it's a blumhouse film so i'm learning i was looking at their movie list and i was like damn like i know these films uh and like i said they do a lot of murder movies <laughs> that's their their spiel spiel but this particular murder movie begins with a painting that basically tells you what's going to happen throughout the whole film. I took a photo of it. I'll put it on our Insta and we'll kind of point it out as we go. But the next time you watch this movie, definitely pause it. It gives you time to look at it. Uh, but once you've seen the movie through, then you can go back and really appreciate what it is saying. Yeah, it's... Uh, this is definitely a sec like the second time you go through this movie, you catch all the little smaller details that you missed in the first place. And yeah, you're like, oh, holy shit, they gave you a lot. <laughs> yeah, I definitely missed some stuff that I didn't find out till we were reading articles for this, and I was like, oh my god, one of them you're gonna be like, how did you miss that? Once I say it, but <laughs> uh, yeah, there's oh, so many details, so many. Uh, so okay so the the this beginning of the film is very hard and i totally forgot about the beginning of the film until rewatching it i was like oh fuck i forgot how dark this is i did not but expect it, it. <laughs> yeah I, yeah so the film kicks off right into a suspense of psychology phd student danny receiving a cryptic message from her sister terry who um is talking about how her and her parents are going to a very dark place and she it's it's a dark letter. So she quickly finds out that not only did her sister Terry commit suicide by carbon monoxide poisoning uh, from car exhaust, but she also killed both of her parents who were sleeping in the bed by uh, setting up an entire tube that ran from both of the cars in the garage all the way through their house. Uh, one went to their room. The other one uh, was drastically placed in Terry's mouth. 
it wasn't just placed uh, she had it, it was duct taped, taped. around yeah, it was taped around her like some weird gas mask kind of a thing yeah it very planned out totally forgot how dark that beginning part was um somebody uh, i think it was an article in screen rant tried to put a parallel between that scene and reagan because she has like that when reagan vomits it's like that pea soup color uh-huh. and terry when they show her she has this similar looking vomit like on her shirt i don't know why that would be an important parallel to drop it I just thought that was kind of interesting. If he did that on purpose, cool, I guess. <laughs> um. So, like I said earlier, Danny is played by F- Florence Pugh, who is just a beautiful actress and has um, she's got a lot of wins. She has thirty-five wins and eighty-three nominations, which do include an Oscar and a BAFTA. So, uh, she, yeah, she's a badass. She's a she's fucking cool. A lot of those wins and nominations were for this film. She also got some for Little Women and then other things we haven't seen. Yeah. And if you haven't seen Black Widow or the Hawkeye Limited series on Disney+, Plus, you really should because they're phenomenal. And she's in them. (laughs) But uh, the woman who played Terry, although very briefly, briefly, was listed as a cast assistant. And it looks like she mostly worked um, kind of as production coordinating for various films and shows, which do include the Black Widow movie. So she's worked with Florence Pugh before, which was kind of cool. You know, just more people working together from different movies. (laughs) Uh, Then you meet Danny's boyfriend, who's a piece of fucking shit. Um, She's dating this reluctant Christian uh, his name is Christian, I should say. His name is Christian. Oh, I don't yeah. know he's Christian. That's okay. <laughs> um, but he is played by Jack Raynor. Raynor? Uh, he looks a lot like Chris Pratt during, uh, like, when he was filming Parks and Rec. Kinda. He does. I... A little a little bit more fit than that, but, like... Yeah. His yeah. face. It's his face when he has the scruff. Looks Chris Prattish. He, he is Irish, which... um. You know, you can always win me over with an Irish accent. Woohoo. But he's got seven wins and ten nominations under his name. Uh, though he's never done any kind of like other spooky, scary movies that were recognized by any of us. <laughs> Either of us, I should say. <laughs> Anyways, the this guy's a dick and he reluctantly well, To be fair. I don't know how I would act in that situation either. So We were going to skip over it, but since you're calling him a dick. So he is getting pressure from his friends to dump Danny because she has a lot of family drama, obviously. And this was before she found out that her family committed suicide. Her sister had struggled with a mental illness all her life. And so that caused Danny to feel really responsible for her. And it was just a lot of drama. And so the, her, his boys were like, yo, you could smash other things. Dumper. And he was just trying to be like... Uh, I don't, supportive well, of her feelings the, at the time. The, the reason I call him a dick is because he'd been thinking and planning on this. And it's mentioned 
for like over a year he's been talking about this and feeling that way but the thing was every time he would go to do it she would have new drama pop up and so he was like well i don't want to make the situation worse so i understand i don't agree with it don't stay in a relationship just because you feel obligated or to spare the people's feelings but i can understand why he was in that position so I I, i yes yes and no but he also shouldn't have yeah. invited her on this Ex- trip yeah. out of guilt. But yeah. he was doing what he thought was the right thing by staying with her through all of this trauma because she didn't have anybody else. Yeah. But she did just lose her whole family. But And they're young and they're stupid. So I get it. Yeah. Does um, he act appropriately? No. Is it the right way? No. <laughs> but. Uh, so he, yeah. So he invites... He invites her on this trip that he's planning with his boys. Um, it's and it's three of his friends, him and Danny, and a lot of them are the anthropology PhD program. So they're going to try and study and do their thesis on stuff. Which one of them is specifically there to write a thesis on the village in Sweden? Um, one of them is from this village in Sweden. And you get weird vibes from him in the first place. I mean, at least I did. I was like, you're oddly friendly in weird ways. <laughs> he was the um, only one who seemed generally accepting or, uh, of yeah. Danny tagging along. Yeah. Um, but he was from Sweden. And so they all travel to his village and do they they want to participate and watch a nine-day festival which celebrates the summer solstice sure sounds super cool right right <laughs> well his friends are entirely thrilled that danny is tagging along but they're fairly mature about it overall yeah they don't treat they're her not, like as horribly as i expected they were because when he first he runs in right before danny gets there and he's like listen i'm so sorry i told her that we all invited her and then she walks in and it's not like they're like, oh, yeah, I guess you're coming. They're really nice about it. <laughs> they were like, so you're coming? And she's like, I guess. Um, Eyebrows is the main douchey guy. How did he How did he become hot? I don't know. Speaking of this man, his name is Mark, which is played by Will Porter. Eyebrows, eyebrows, eyebrows. That's Polter. how I know who this man is. Polter? Did I, did I not put the T in there? Sorry. You said Porter. Oh sorry um but yeah this is this is eyebrows he's best known for being in we're the millers he was in in um black mirror bandersnatch and he's also been a part of the maze runner trilogy but I mean, he's been in a lot those are just the things yeah. i recognize the the yeah the bigger things listen um, looking at him from we are the millers to now is totally he's totally different person i almost wouldn't recognize him Almost. Yeah. Oh, I'm so sorry. He, I just smashed my microphone. He he matured very nicely. Puberty hit him real fucking hard. Kind of like a backhand to the face. And it like straightened out his eyebrows. Not really, but like they look better now. I mean, <laughs> I don't know why you keep laying into his eyebrows. His eyebrows are fine. <laughs> well, I but... will forever call him and, and refer to him as eyebrows because of We Are the Millers. It's like uh, Neville in Harry Potter. Yeah. He was like a yeah, goofball hit as a him kid. Real fucking hard. And then they adulted. Yeah. His name's Matthew. His real name's Matthew. Anyways. So. 
Will po- Will po- Poulter uh, plays Mark. He acted in a short by Jack Raynor called Bainey. I think it's just um, Bane. Bane. Okay, Bane. Uh, that came out after Midsummer and uh, actually has a spot in Guardians of the Galaxy three. So. We'll see him in that coming out soon. Or as we learned, G O T G three. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Looked that one up. I felt like a dumbass. As soon as I saw that, I was like, oh, right. Okay. That's the thing. But Not yeah. What I was thinking. I mean, it sounds like those two hit it off while filming this. And Jack was like, yo, you want to help me out with this project? Let's be friends. So Josh is one of the, the the characters that is planning to include the celebration in his thesis, and he wants to write his dissertation on it. Um, now, I've never had to write a thesis nor a dissertation, so I don't know what goes into that. It's a But research, it's a lot of work is what I yeah, know. It's a nightmare. It's a lot of fucking work. Uh, and so he, he makes a really big effort to do that. Do we not have to, who Josh is played by? No. Okay. <laughs> you look that up. My bad. Uh, so the actor that Katie will uh, tell you shortly is he has 17 nominations, like, which include a primetime Emmy for The Good Place. I think that I saw that he was listed as being the guy, Cheaty, from The Good Place. And I was like, no fucking way, because they look totally different. He looks very different in both roles. And I got so sidetracked by that that I forgot to put his name down. <laughs> Uh, so yes he does play cheaty uh his name is william jackson harper uh he's he's been in a lot of stuff uh and he has two films or one film and one tv series that is currently coming out so the swedish friend uh pele is his name he is played by uh belhem blomgren yes just pretend we said that correctly (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> please, please don't judge me on that. Um, I did it as best as I can. He's a great actor. Um, I don't really recognize him from anything else, though, other than Midsummer. So. so what I learned, I didn't, I'll be honest, write down a lot of the names for the Swedish villagers because, one, I didn't want to butcher their names. Uh, but they like just did. <laughs> in Sweden, a lot of them are actually really well known. Uh, a lot of them have filmographies that are pretty long. They're all Swedish titles, so we weren't even going to pretend to try and say them. One of the characters, he's like really famous and known for a specific role. And so anytime anyone sees him, they're like, hey, you're that guy from that movie. Uh, so like they're Harry known. Potter with Daniel Radcliffe. Yeah, like that. Like he's probably, that's been his life. So... If you're interested in knowing who they are and what they've been in because you speak Swedish or you're really into like foreign films, by all means, go look them up because they did a really good job. We just didn't want to butcher their name. Yeah. So when they first arrive, uh, arrive to their destination in Sweden, they find a bunch of young people that are kind of just out and about in this big field. And it looks like they're all people that were studying abroad that brought their friends into the country and into the village to observe quote unquote fucking observe <laughs> um on this lovely ceremony this thing that's peaceful summer loving ceremony yeah that. they all just look like a bunch of hippie teenagers just yeah. like hanging out and then of course like they're college like college kids they're like we have shrooms <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. And they just like take them. Haven't been there for 30 seconds. They aren't even finished parking the car and they're already popping shrooms. I'm like, bold move. Yeah. Um, so only two other outsiders that um, are kind of known in this are an engaged couple, which is Connie, who is played by Elora Torchia. Sure. Maybe. Sure. I hope. Um, and Simon, who is played by Archie Madoc- uh, Madoki? There's a W in that. Madoki? Mad- yeah. Maybe. Sure. Sounds better. Uh, but he's from England. We need more uh, Smiths and Andersons in this world. Yeah. And Jones. <laughs> and Jones, yeah. There you go. My last name. I know how to pronounce that one real well. I've been saying it all my life. Um, so yeah, like we were saying, naturally the first thing they do is meet up with these with these friends and then they're like, Let's do shrooms. Woo! You Nothing know, there's like a horror a... movie called Shrooms. Really? Yeah. It takes place in Ireland. We should anyways. Um, but no... apparently Nothing like a good hallucinogenic trip to get settled into your Yeah, nothing surroundings. to make you feel like home or not. But Mark's trip is <laughs> Mark's trip is fucking hilarious. <laughs> He's <laughs> So I feel like that's how I would be if I did shrooms. Uh, he just Guys, like everybody lay down you should lay down it's just best lay down <laughs> and then he's like people are approaching they're coming and he's like I can't do people right now I don't want people I don't yeah I, yeah. I, I yeah. and he's like it, why is it 9pm and the sun is still up he's like freaking it that would be me just questioning everything uh, but they they do call it the midnight sun and he being Pele I think it's I don't know if that's how they pronounce it uh, I but, think it is they, he starts talking about like how nature's energy is everywhere and it turns out that this village and their ceremonies are like very oh crap what's the word not Wiccan pagan they're like pagan. very pagan they're very nature driven yeah and um, the midnight sun is a 24 hour period of sunlight that occurs within the arctic circle and it does, or it is visible within the Swedish Lapland. And it's usually mm. occurs around the 21st of June each year in the Southern Hemisphere, because I forget that things also happen Are. down there. Yep. It occurs around the 23rd of December. And depending on how far north you travel, the period of nonstop daylight can last from a single day to five straight months. Fuck. <laughs> No big deal. Just no darkness for five months. It's fine. Like, we hear about it happening in Alaska. Um, but I also forget... days of night, baby. Yeah, I also forget that there's other places in the world, and I'm like, wow, they share the same sun. <laughs> yeah. They just, I don't we think they, like... have the same sun and the same moon. I don't think they necessarily celebrate it. Um, I'm sure indigenous cultures celebrate it in Alaska, yeah. but we don't hear about it being celebrated as much as it is in other places like Sweden. Yeah. So uh, after their trip, um, which confused the hell out of me the first time I watched this, because I was like, it was daylight the entire time. Those trips last for hours. And I was like, oh, right. Midnight sun. Okay, cool. <laughs> yeah, when they wake her, she like, Danny wanders off and she wakes up and they're like, whoa, we couldn't find you for like two hours or six hours or something. And I was like, is this all the same day? What is happening? Exactly. I was like, hold up. That's not how trips work. But, um, no, that yeah, it makes sense now. 
So <laughs> after that, they finally enter the secluded village, um, and this is where the festival of midsummer begins. It's it's really pretty. It's um, old school wood log like cabin style. You wa- they walk through this beautiful like arch sun ray kind of deal <laughs> uh, made out of wood. You'd see this shit at a festival. It's you yeah, would. it's really cool how they get there, and it's like this trail through the woods. Yeah, it's pretty cool how it's secluded. I mean, I it doesn't carrying my backpack through it. It doesn't end up being a great thing that it's so secluded, but it's pretty cool. Right. It would be right. a cool place to do like a summer camp. <laughs> and then just to preface, the ceremony in this film is not an accurate depiction of the true midsummer celebration in any part of the world. In an interview with Rotten Tomatoes, Esther said, I was pulling from a lot of different spiritual movements that had nothing to do in many cases with Sweden, but there are hundreds of things kind of woven together. From what I found, he pulls a lot of like Viking uh, inspiration, pagan, stuff like that. So, yeah. Um, So in with this village, they celebrate this version of Midsummer every 90 years. Um, and this is when shit kind of gets... It, it, it's already, like, odd, and you're like, this is really weird. And then this is where things get kind of more off, because this is when Pele reveals that their life timeline ends at the age of 72. And, and they're like, what do you mean it just ends? And he, he, like, jokingly, you're like, oh, okay. And he, like, puts the thumb across the throat. And you're like, oh, fun joke. And then the not a joke yeah i was like at first i was like wow does that mean they just like kill them at 72 but then he like made it jokingly and i was like maybe they just like don't live that long because they're very secluded and i don't know but yeah that was dark right off the bat Uh, so with that lifeline that also means not a lot of them will ever get to see this kind of uh celebration happen which is weird because they know exactly what to do but Get a man. I guess. I guess their book would tell them. You. Anyways, but it also makes you wonder. It's so gross because people aren't seeing it. Um, how much of it gets changed each ninety years? Right. So that's the weird part to me. It's like, what was the? What is it supposed to be? And how did it alter specifically for this one? But throughout the internet, I see this village being referred to as the Swedish Harga cult in this particular film. What's really funny is when I was watching this, I was like, that's a fucking cult, bitches. It's a cult. Anyways, I just kept calling it a cult. And it is. What do you know? Hmm. I mean, they call it a commune. She's like, oh, we're going to visit your commune. And he's like, I mean, it's a village. But I don't really know the definitions of cult, commune, and village. So that would be an interesting thing to look. If you do that, I'll keep going. The town, village, cult, commune of Harga in real life is located near the west coast of Sweden, north of Stockholm. The film itself, although based on this village area location space, is actually filmed in Budapest, Hungary, which apparently is like a huge place to film movies, as we've learned. A fictional travel site was created for Ari Aster's version of Harga. And it says that they are a commune for people who pay respect to the great Ymir, who is a giant who founded nature. 
And this is inspired by a Swedish folk song called Hargaladin. In the song, a mysterious man plays on a fiddle and the people of the Harga village forgot about God in the world. The villagers are bewitched by the fiddler to dance on the peak of Harga mountain until they die. This is described later in the film as part of the festival practices. Uh, theirs is, they tweak it to be a little bit more sinister. Uh, not oh, that yeah. that isn't dark enough as it is. It's kind of like the Pied Piper. So. Okay. So. Hit the me. commune. Okay. Commune definition. Number one. A group of people living together and sharing possessions and responsibilities. All right. Well, they, they tick. They get that. Uh, second definition has to do with France. <laughs> cult. Definition of a cult. A system of religious veneration and devotion directed toward a particular figure or object. A re relatively small group of people having religious beliefs or practices regarded, regarded by others as strange or sinister. A misplaced or executive administration for a particular person or thing. Village definition. A group of houses and associated buildings larger than a hamlet and smaller than a town situated in a rural area. So I can rule out village. They don't really yeah. they don't really have buildings. They have like barracks. They have like a church and like it's yeah, like a barracks. barn That's basically it. with a bunch they of houses. They all live in that same thing. I mean, it's a cult and a commune combined, pretty much. Because I mean, like they're, they're living in the same place and they're sharing their positions and responsibilities. They're very much bordering the line from commune to cult. But they, that they cult, I mean, like tickling uh, their toes in there. <laughs> you, you got all the religious aspect in there, though, and 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 I mean, if you're an outsider, you'd probably say that's pretty fucking sinister. So, like, but it's subjective. So it is, yeah. Well, because there are lots of communes that we could go to, and people would be like, "I don't like the way you're living. You're a cult." So subjective. It's true. I'm not arguing that it's not a cult. I'm just this one. I, I think this one's definitely a cult. But it it in horror movies a lot of the time it is a cult. <laughs> so, but it's a it's definitely a commune. We've settled on that. <laughs> With cultish tendency. Every 90 years, they are at least a cult. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll go with for, that. <laughs> for this one celebration. <laughs> for nine days, every 90 years, they are a cult. <laughs> the According to Villains Wiki, as seen in the film, they dress in Ukrainian wreaths. And this is going to get butchered. Vishvankas. They practice a testupa when their members, which is when their members reach age 72, like Katie pointed out. They are deemed like more of a burden on society and they can't help. So they just kind of killed themselves. Uh, they assign jobs and roles based on traits members show as kids and their language is ever evolving and forbidden to outsiders to know. Which to me, that's the part that's like more cult. Yeah, oh, yeah, big time. Uh, that, big they, time. that they're like more secretive and stuff like that. Uh, they are fluent in runic symbols, and these runes pop up freaking everywhere. Yeah, they're all over the place. Later on, at the very end, I'm going to go through what those runes mean and how they were incorporated. 
and how accurately they were incorporated, which is awesome. They have a book of scripture called the Ruby Ratter, which Katie mentioned earlier, uh, that is written by a disabled member of the village that is specifically inbred for the exact purpose of being their, like, holy writer. They believe that his mind is unclouded, thus making him more sensitive to the world's energy and messages. His paintings and writings are then interpreted by the village leaders, which is a shady fucking way to run things. <laughs> if only one single person can interpret it, they can have it say like whatever they want. So who knows how much of this 90 days? That's why I was like, every 90 years, it's different. Every 90 years, is different. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, yeah. And how do you... Sure, you have the book, but I mean... And like you see his paintings, it's like finger paintings. Yeah. Um, and they're like, yes, this is God's word or nature's word. So it's just, it's weird. It's touchy. Uh, there is a theory that the Swede that brought Danny, so Pel, Pele, is, yeah. is meant to be the next contributor to this book because he draws a lot of pictures. First, I was like, no, they specifically say that they get it from an inbred relationship and a disabled person. But I'll point out later that I kind of actually might agree with it. Do you have any thoughts? No. Day three marks the first day of their of the actual ceremony. And that's day three of them arriving in Sweden. Yeah. So. Um, and can there's... I just say the little barracks that they're all staying in is just fucking... They're tiny beds. I feel like they cannot be comfortable. I mean... They're probably fine. They're no luxury sleep number, but <laughs> um, after an awkward breakfast, they randomly go to this rocky space beneath a cliff. Um, so while I was watching this, immediately I was like, "This looks like a rock quarry where a Power Ranger Zorg bot was fighting." <laughs> and then they look up, and then it looks like the Pride Rock. From Lion King. Okay. Okay. I see that. That's I can, okay. the best way that I could describe this. That's so fucking funny. But yeah, it's totally, yeah, 100% like the white rockish kind of situation. And that, okay. All right. All right. <laughs> it's Pulling very childhood memories here. <laughs> it's very out of place from like the beautiful green lush space that their village is in. Uh, but yeah, that was the first thing that popped into my head. I was like, we're about to watch some Power Rangers. Well, that would be a really cool thing to watch. Or, like, it'd be really cool to see a, a baby lion up there. But that's not what you get at all. Nope. Um, not, not, <laughs> not at fucking all. And nobody was... Everybody that lives in this village was totally prepared for it. But nobody was told about this ceremony of any sorts. And so instead of seeing this cute little lion cub with a monkey up on top or something like that, um, nope, the uh, the old man and, and a woman jump off and, and plummet to their death and smash their faces on rocks. Um... The old lady falls directly on the rock. Um, she she kind of like just belly flopped it, which I'm sure she meant to. Um, yeah, the old we, man fucked up. Yeah, he did. Um, so the old lady kind of just falls on her face, instantly hits the rock, and and can concaves her face in. The old man like steps off the ledge and just drops like you would into like feet water. first, feet first, and so instead of you know, something that might kill him. It, it breaks every bit of his body and shit like that, but he's still alive. 
Um, and so apparently these villagers in this ceremoniously way uh, use this giant-ass Harley Quinn-style hammer to... See, I thought it looked like a meat tenderizer because <laughs> it had, like, well, the... There you go, there the you end. go. That's an idea. Um, so they use this meat tenderizer to tenderize <laughs> his face um, and, and legit... Sorry, <laughs> but they 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 smash his face in completely, and it takes like three different people. They each take turns, and it's fucking rough. It is fucking rough. And her group, Danny's group, is just like staring in disbelief. And the other two, the English, the English guys, freaking the fuck. Yeah, out. those the two, couple, the, the engaged couple, they're like, "What the fuck?" And he was like trying to tell the guy not to jump off, and obviously. <laughs> It's in their tradition to jump off, so he's going to whether you say not to or do. Um, but a woman describes that at the age 72, they have a tradition to kill themselves instead of waiting to die of illness or whatever else could possibly come and happen to them. And they call and this Atistupa, and it is the mythical practice, mythical, i.e. there's no proven thing that this is true. Uh, scenicide, which is killing your elders, during Nordic prehistoric times, elderly people are said to have thrown themselves or were thrown to their deaths. According to legend, this was done when the old people were unable to support themselves or assist in a household. Uh, bummer. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't sound totally crazy to me. Like, arguably. I mean, still, like, assisted suicide for those that are like that now that want in that are at a certain age or certain sick places enough. there's well yeah right but right. to me but it's, it's the same idea. it's their choice exactly. throwing it's them off a... maybe not but <laughs> that's yeah that's a little harsh <laughs> but also those two looked like they were still doing fairly well so i think yeah, they, they could were... have lived and, a little well, bit longer <laughs> I, also at 72 i mean my dad's 70 yeah at 72 he turned a... 71 in july this year 72 specifically is a weird number for them to pick but i think it's because seven plus two equals nine and nine shows up a lot in this yeah. film so but yeah to say specifically like as soon as you're 72 no matter what condition you're in like oh shit you gotta die yeah that's a little that's... questionable yeah, exactly i'd be sure shit really sad i don't like that idea <laughs> Uh, but also, I cannot believe that no one told these visitors what the fuck was going to happen. Because even the yeah, lady dude. walks up and is like, you didn't tell them? Um, so it's not yeah, like it was a like, secret. Up, what the hell? I, you know they intentionally didn't tell them. Because they've been on the outside, so they know that that's not something they're used to saying. Nor would they have expected yeah. that. So they intentionally yeah. didn't tell them. Uh, in an interview with GQ, Aster says that for Danny, this was like a really important moment because in this community, she is seeing a different perspective of suicide. The movie starts out with her sister having committed suicide, which right. has left her feeling guilty herself because she feels like she wasn't there to stop it. She couldn't help it. Everyone knows you can't like once, you know, no self yeah. right? Uh, but in the U.S. culture... There's also like a lot of shame against those who have completed suicide successfully. Yeah. And 
we blame family and we blame culture and friends and things like that although unintentional stuff like that happens and in this community they are like embracing and celebrating not celebrating but like it's it's okay it's not frowned upon for them to choose that direction so for her it's kind of like oh wow like maybe my sister isn't going straight to hell like this is okay i think it's also her seeing a a community come together in support of that and seeing how they react together um because because they also all feel the pain or act of feeling the pain that is felt by one by yeah they share pain they don't yes force a single person they don't tell them to hold it in they don't shame them for it they yeah they spread it as a way of like easing their pain yeah it's it's very it's very interesting really interesting yeah, I thought that was that was one of the things I liked about this movie too. It's a different thing than we do in America. In America, you're supposed to keep your emotions to yourself. Um, yeah. And this society was like, spread it around. We can all bear the weight. Share it. I tell you, being an emotional person in a world like today is fucking miserable because it is so hard to like try and hold those emotions in when you're an emotional person about almost anything (laughs) and we're supposed to be woke like imagine being like that in the 40s or the 50s where you literally had to just like smile in your high heels and perfect hair and skirts so i mean we've come so far but also like not at all (laughs) yeah pretty much but yeah that was Uh, like an important moment for danny yeah so the day uh the day ends with Danny ending up taking a sleeping pill and having a horrific dream and basically watched the English couple freak out and like leave. But it was a dream. Yeah, I think the English couple, they're not anthropologists. So they were just like, wow, this is fucked up. My like my society would never do this. So why do you? But Danny's group is a bunch of anthropologists. So while they may not agree with it, they are able to subjectively objectively sorry objectively view it as a practice of this community and then they're just taking notes on it yeah um i would have been interested to read his thesis (laughs) um what it'd be interesting to read like what he had written in the first place before everything went down but yeah josh knew about that because they were like what's happening tomorrow and he just like got this creepy weird smile and went to sleep yeah, so he's like he, 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 he. um <clears throat> he's weird so day- speaking of day four day four which is also day two of the ceremony is when things really start to get um uh array they get weird it starts to get a little fucking gross um <laughs> so for starters there's been this whole weird side focus on a local village girl with long red hair that is doing seemingly random things, including putting a love rune carving underneath Christian's bed. All of her attention is towards Christian, and, and they're putting emphasis on it, and you're like, why? Well, as it turns out, this is Pele's, Pele's, Pele's sister. Uh, her name's Maya. She's played by Isabel Grill. Um, and 
you know, that's at least a name that I can pronounce properly. Uh, but she is in foreign films called uh, um, Svartlub. Svartklub. Svartklub. Um, something of that sort. But the English posters say rave, feel it, spread it. Oh, wait, feel it, spread. And the description is strange illness spreads among the participants of an illegal rave. Well, fuck. I got to raise all the time, so... That one sounds interesting. I think there is an English dubbed version that we might have to do sometime. Because I'm curious if it's a disease or if it's like a demonic type of spread. I'll tell you right now, there's a creepy-ass movie about the, the zombie apocalypse spreading through having sex. Oh, this movie was made in 2020. Rave was made in 2020. So it's probably made about this coronavirus. <laughs> so let's it's be a, honest. Here. If it's about an actual illness, I'm less interested. <laughs> but if it's like a demonic illness, I'm in it. <laughs> it's like it follows. It's a fucking or that movie. STG. What's that? Is it the fog, the mist? I don't know. There's one where like if people get sick, they just like commit suicide instantly. The happening. There you go. That one. Maybe that it's has to do with the trees and oxygen. Maybe it's something like that. Um. Anyways, so she's in that, which is a new movie that apparently I'm super curious about because it looks fucking interesting. Yes, I looked it up. Is it streaming uh, anywhere? Um, not that I can see. Um. No, not. Uh, not, not anywhere yet. <laughs> not fucking anywhere it does not say at all uh so in a conversation about mating christian is told about how they select outside members of the community to mate with their order or in order to keep their lines fresh so they're not like incest is the best homeboy <laughs> <laughs> they would say brother actually <laughs> you're right they would say brother um and it well turn- it go ahead okay well it turns out maya is performing a mating love spell on christian in order to get herself pregnant with his child and this entire ritual is shown early on in the film in uh like some of those quilts i almost just knocked my water over sorry <laughs> Um, it's shown in some of the quilts that are shown earlier in the movie, and it's truly disturbing as it requires him to eat some of her pubic hair and drink some of her menstrual blood. Uh, so there's a part in this film where they're like all eating breakfast and all of the drinks are lined up and his is like orange and not yellow. And it's really awkward and like very standoutish. And you're like, um, and then he like pulls a pube out of his mouth, and everybody's like, ew. But and he to just be, shrugs it off. To be honest, if I were to pull a hair out of my mouth, my first thought wouldn't be, oh god, a pube. Um, I would think beard hair. Yeah, mostly because my brain doesn't want it to be that, so it's not gonna go there. <laughs> Elevated horror. That's the, that's what I was trying to get at. Elevated. Way back at the beginning of the, okay. the, the, the movie. Um, elevated horror is what is described as like the, the Babadook and Midsommar and things like that. Or at least in Scream 5, which we will discuss later on. You sound so robotic. 
Fuck. The way your voice is coming through. <laughs> it's like elevated horror. <laughs> like the Baba Duke. <laughs> the Baba Duke. That movie's so fucking creepy. After this whole situation happens, Mark's like, I gotta pee. <laughs> and he uh he ends up walking over to some bush area instead of going to some, you know, toilet that I'm sure they have. Maybe not necessarily like indoor plumbing, but at least I'm sure they've got a hole somewhere. <laughs> um, he ends up peeing on their Rotvalda, I think, but it it's it's their ancestral tree. And um, like like you said, you would think the first thing they would do when they get there would be like, listen, that's where the bathroom is. Don't pee on that. Uh, yeah, or but- at least be like. This tree that's laying down, that looks like it just is a piece of tree laying down, is sacred. Don't fuck with it. <laughs> yeah, like, during your tour <laughs> that they clearly yeah. did not do, be like, uh, that's the temple, don't go in there. That's our ancestral tree, maybe don't walk over there. Like, uh, Yeah, like, but, you know. They, they were just... tell them they're not allowed to go to this one place and that everything else is fine, but then... They were just, like, they're... setting them up for failure. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, but according to a Tumblr called Holdren's, which is a very trustworthy and scholarly site, I know, uh, oh, yeah. the site says that the Rodvalta is Swedish for uprooted tree, and there is folklore telling of mystical small creatures who live under the roots of fallen trees. In this version, if you sit, rest, or disturb a Rodvalta, the little shits jump out and bury you alive. All right. <laughs> so don't hang out by uprooted trees. I don't go near them because I think they're infested with bugs, so, but, you know. I hate bugs. Bugs, tiny little gnome things, who knows. Sorry, just throwing my mummy um, things that I know in there. Listen, that film traumatized me as far as bugs go. I. Oh yeah, the, the fucking flesh-eating beetles. I love that yeah. movie so much. I watched it just the other day. In the film... However, it is not that they are upset that he's peeing on tiny little creatures that might bury him alive. That particular uprooted tree is the site where they spread the ashes of all the elders that have died. So Yeah. After after they jump off that cliff, they burn their bodies and they spread their ashes there. And they were like, Don't pee on grandma. <laughs> That's so sad. Who is also my sister and my aunt all at the same time. No, they pull in in new people. Remember, they pull in new people so the incest is not the best. Sometimes. Sometimes. Um, Well, him peeing on the ancestral tree also leads him to disappearing only to reappear later uh, as a skin suit that is worn by Ulf, who is a pretty big Swedish actor named Henrik Norlin. Um, Ulf is also the one, I think, who yells at Mark for peeing on the tree and just glares at him for the remainder of his life. (laughs) He fucking glared like there's no other glare in the world. Goddamn. And this is called Skinning the Fool. And at the beginning, when they first arrive, they reference it and giggle about it again as like a game. They're like, oh, they're playing Skin the Fool. And then they make it literal, uh, which is... (laughs) how they do it i guess they joke about it and then they do it and then they're like we're gonna skin your face off and wear it additionally like leather face <laughs> yeah 
it was really creepy it was good it was creepy but they also yeah. did that in antlers it was like very much like that like it was creepy yeah yeah uh in the painting at the very beginning of the film mark is depicted wearing a jester hat in like the third second or third panel of it which hmm. makes him the fool because fools wear those little jester hat things that painting in the beginning has four panels it's four different seasons because they talk about everything in seasons and cycles and nature and in each panel it depicts like a different part of this movie so yeah and once they arrive he wears the jester hat and then all of a sudden he gets skinned like a fool he was also the one making the snarky comments being the gesturist of uh he's the so right after that the english couple decides that, that they're gonna leave after shouting about how fucked up the village is for the genocide and everything going on so so while connie goes back to the her the or the barracks where they all live and grabs her stuff uh one of the elders uh comes and find her finds her and says that her fiance simon had left without her and they were going to come back for her later which obviously in the first place is like fucking weird and you're like um that doesn't make sense. Yeah, and we all know that. that's not what happened. <laughs> yeah, she knew that made sense. And she kept pushing for an explanation right up until she, too, disappears. Dis as, as you wrote it, disappears. <laughs> yep. Disappears uh, is how I wrote it. Disappears. So finally, Josh sneaks into the temple and he gets photos of their scripture, um, which, I, you know, he was explicitly told not to do that. They said that... They, they even like gave him permission they're like yeah you can write about us you have to change the names and everything but like i guess we'll let you write about it you just can't touch this shit and he's like i'm gonna fucking do it anyway they are an awful group of anthropologists <laughs> but he gets smashed in the head with a large meat tenderizer you know the one that they use to uh tenderize the other guy's face with um the elder guy i could have sworn somewhere in here i wrote down what it was called um you did it was earlier uh, did I just skip over it and not talk about it? Folk Museum in Stockholm, you can find a thing called a cudgel. Cu cudgel. Yep. Which is a large hammer meat tenderizer thing. Um, and a family would use it together to kill an elder member of their family when it was time to pass. It's kind of like a sort of, sort of brutal euthanasia. Thank no you. No big deal. You're welcome. Yeah, so that meat... I knew I saw it earlier. <laughs> I was like, I could have. I know I read it, but maybe I did what I did with the actor's name and just didn't put it down. So when Josh gets killed, um, he is killed by the meat tenderizer, the the cold thingy, whatever. But it is Ulf wearing Mark's face and clothes. Um, so he ba so Josh basically thinks that Mark is following him into the ha into the the church thing. Ooh, excuse me. It wasn't. That was the first side, first um, outside murder we see. The rest of the time, they all just disappear in potentially inexplainable ways. And you just assume they're dead. Well, we assume <laughs> they're dead. They explain we them assume. off, but no one believes yeah. them. Day five comes around, and uh, this is day three of the festival. And Danny gets dressed up for the May Queen competition, which requires her to drink a tea which is a basic hallucinogenic drug and um you see this flower get like muddled up and then put into water and this girl's like teaching her everything that she needs to do and she's like what is this and she's like just drink it and, and she does drink it, <laughs> yeah 
as soon as she drinks it, she goes, well, there we go. And she's like, oh, fuck. Like, what? What What well, the fuck? She suspects that bad things are happening. Uh, and yeah. Yet she keeps taking drugs. Yeah, she keeps participating, which I guess maybe kind of saves her a little bit in the situation. I mean, for her, it works out. But as an outsider, yeah. like watching this movie, you're like, why are you doing that? Yeah. Um, um, did you notice... And everybody in the world probably noticed this, but I just wanted to point it out that the landscape would like wave whenever they were tripping. Mm-hmm. It's, also, the trees. It's so cool how they do that. The, like... the tree bark would move and it would go up and down and sideways with the branches. Yeah, it's like in TV it... when they show a wall, like a tripping wall. It's like that, yeah. but he does it with the landscape and all this stuff going around. It's. In an article by Refinery29, the mushrooms seen at the beginning are most likely from the psilocybin mushroom family and have been yep. used throughout history by indigenous communities in ritualistic ceremonies. The effects yeah, that's, inc- that's the fun ones that everybody really enjoys. <laughs> the effects include nausea, weakness, fatigue, hallucinations. Hallucinogenics are also used to lower inhibitions. Danny's first trip at the beginning lasted like seven or eight hours, I guess. And it's fair to say that this trip that she drinks for the May pole mm. dance or whatever lasts a little bit longer, if not the same. It, yeah, keeping time is really hard in this film. Yeah, this movie jumps around with time, so you don't exactly know. And then it's really bright consistently. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, like we were saying, she takes this drug and she competes in the May um what is the the mayflower may queen yeah yeah um so she competes in this dance which is around uh this pole so all the girls get around this pole and it is to keep uh it's a celebration to keep away the evil in song which they call the black one that lured the young people to dance into uh like dance around until they fell so of course uh this whole situation these girls have to dance around this pole the last one that last last one standing wins as always and of course that means it's the ultimate dance-a-thon it is the ultimate dance-a-thon and you're on drugs to heighten that situation and you get dizzy as fuck they were like spin 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 yeah spinning and then all of a sudden she was able to speak swedish for a little bit (laughs) drugs are great guys uh no they're not don't don't take that in real <laughs> when taken um, responsibly and safely and yeah correct be responsible about it have a babysitter um <laughs> a but sober of course, one <laughs> yeah no, no, no you gotta have a sober babysitter if you're gonna do drugs um but of course this means Danny wins and she becomes the may queen uh which is cool and all but she's like what the fuck does that mean <laughs> Yeah, she's got no idea what's going on. She's, but she's like, she's feeling it. She's just like yeah, she's, vibing. she's just going with it. I think the fact that she participated without like question and just kind of went with it kind of saved her ass because she wasn't deep exploring or trying to get into trouble or anything like that. She was just doing what they are participating and doing what the rituals and celebrations say. Yeah, I think all of them were brought into the community with good faith they weren't brought there specifically to get killed i don't think that was right. the intent but once but they, they all fucked up <laughs> yeah once they fucked up then they were like i have no problem killing you we're done with this shit 
Exactly. And being just an observer was not an option for any of them. <laughs> like They were all yeah. like, dragged into things. Some very smart person saw this same flower crown on the nightstand in the opening scene of Danny's parents' bedroom. So I some... like I need to go back and watch this now. Are you eating <laughs> Thin Mints right now? No, I don't know what you're talking about. Oh my god, I'm so jealous. <laughs> I want some. They sell them now in grocery have, stores as grasshoppers. They, they have, that's hilarious, they have new cookies this year. They couldn't make Samoas, so they made this new brownie salted caramel cookie. Um, they don't make the coconut ones anymore? No, they just, they didn't have the supplies this year. They ran oh, out of the that supplies makes to sense. make enough this year. But this new one that came out is fucking great dude you gotta Listen, go find them they're called like the trail adventure or something if you something. if i need to find me some girl scouts if you find any buy them i will pay you back for some boxes of cookies they're coming out anyway you got it i'll buy <laughs> i am leaving that in there <laughs> yes that's just for you yeah i appreciate it me and <clears throat> all of our listeners talking what? with my mouth full yeah my mom would be so proud. I love me some Girl Scout cookies. <laughs> Back to the... Before we thin mint it out. So, okay, the flower crown. We're getting into this. Uh, <laughs> flower crown. There's a theory that because that flower crown was in that scene, some people think that their deaths were not an accident. I mean, they weren't, but like... Which ties into Pella, Pele, whatever the hell his name Pele. is. Pele, Pella, whatever. Being the next seer thing a theory okay. says that he killed the family which is part of the reason the sister had it duct taped to her face and escape in order to kind of put danny in this situation to where she could be vulnerable to their community lifestyle that's okay. the theory that's interesting. I had I had not seen that one. I also did not see... So I'll be honest. I, at one point, did suspect that maybe those deaths weren't accidental. But I don't... I mean, they weren't. <laughs> I don't think he did it because he was literally with... I mean, depending on how long they were dead for, I guess. Well, she was calling for quite a while. But they didn't live close. I don't think Pele yeah. could have been there. It would have had to I be don't someone else. So. I don't, yeah. I think it, I really think it was just the sister. I do think it's weird that they duct taped the tube to her face. I don't know why she couldn't have just laid down and died. Maybe that was her but... way of, of being dramatic uh, with her sister being a psychology major person. But that That's the only thing where I could be like, yeah, that's not an act. Like, that was murder uh, because she was forced. But that is yeah. a theory. I don't think I agree with it. I don't either. I do think that that circumstance made Danny vulnerable, for sure. But, yeah. But like you said, that's the only reason she probably survived this long. <laughs> yeah. So, um, being crowned May Queen, she is sent to bless their crops in the community with fertility to, to keep this community growing. And while that happens, Chris or Christian is sent to bless Maya with a baby, which he does. And that is it's it this is the most awkward fucking part of the entire fucking movie. Can I just say that? It's so 
weird. It's um, not pleasant to watch. No. He's I not I... he's not sober, so it's not consensual. Nope. He's he's very much in a daze of some sort of drug. He situation. took the same hallucinogenic drink. He's also oh, okay. under her spell, so that's not consent. Yeah. Jeannie, yeah, cause... if Jeannie taught us anything, it's that love must be consensual. <laughs> exactly. Even love potions don't work right. We found that out in Charmed too. Yes. And um... <laughs> what is that? Potion number nine is the movie with Sandra Bullock in it that's pretty good. Yeah. But uh, so. Basically, he yeah. has sex on a bushel of plants on hardwood floor, so that probably couldn't have felt good for anybody. And nope. all the matronly women of this community are standing around them naked, moaning and singing, and the oldest lady comes up and starts pushing on his butt. <laughs> it's well, real. Like, get him to like go in deeper. I, it's so awkward, and like it I is. don't understand how he... But the weird, whole but, like, time, I don't understand how he can stay hard and like actually like continue going on with this because that would fucking weird me he, out. And he does not look like he's enjoying any yeah, sort of situation. He of is position. clearly being like, "What the fuck is happening?" I wouldn't doubt that maybe something they slipped him was also like a little blue pill kind of a thing, and that's why. But blue pills. It was real awkward for everyone involved. Yeah, yeah. But of course, never yeah. mind. That's you. So. Of course, Daddy, uh, they get back a little early, or it's taking longer than needed. Uh, but Danny, of course, walks in on all of this because she has suspicions of Christian's loyalties this entire time anyway. And to be honest, if I heard a building of chanting women, my first thought would not be, my man is in there fucking someone. Yeah. Because I don't put chorus singing with sex, so... But it also wasn't, like, necessarily singing. It was more like moaning, like sexual moaning. They were so. sharing Maya's intensity. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was that sharing so of emotions. But so anyways, weird. that wouldn't be my first thought if I heard that. <laughs> so, yeah. So Christian's uh, sexual adventure ended up with him running out of the, out of the fucking church or whatever as soon as he blasted his shit inside of her uh, I'm so sorry discreet way of putting it I know Classy. we're all adults I hope um, but he ends up running out and like freaking out and this is where he finds Josh's dead body buried in the garden and Simon suspended uh, from a ceiling and flayed like a uh, uh, like a like his back is fully flayed like open and his organs are like pulled out do you think so when uh what the hell is his name danny when danny is blessing the earth seed yeah, the thing, crops and stuff she puts in a chunk of meat with it do you think they pulled that's an organ from simon oh i never thought of that that's an idea i didn't think of that it could be because it looks like a i don't know like a liver or something but yeah I thought maybe it was just like a piece of like beef, but you're right. You're very right. It could be. That's not something I thought of. Also, quick question for you. You know anatomy 10 times better than I do. Um, was it like 
when he was pulled out and they did like a close up from behind, were his lungs like fully moving? Like, so they, what was uh, that? What I think is his. So his lungs are pulled out and suspended as part of their ritual, but they do make it look like he's breathing and you can hear it. I. Th- but I don't think he's actually alive. I think Christian is tripping and that's Whoa, okay. his experience. That's a good way of looking at it. Okay. Um, and we'll talk more details about that later. I, But yeah, I think he's tripping. I don't think Simon is actually alive at that moment. I've, it's my opinion that with his organs displayed like that, there's no way. <laughs> They were oh, functioning that's properly. <laughs> that's what I was thinking. And well, now he, that you he mentioned cl- the drug situation, that makes so much more sense. He climbs underneath them and nothing happens or anything like that. So I, I think he was just tripping and that was his experience. Where his eyes are supposed to be, there's flowers. It's a gorgeous scene, I'll be honest. <laughs> it really is. It's very artistically done. Like we talk about Michael Myers being artistic and shit. It's artistically done. This film is um, so weird because it's like beautiful scenery and it's sunlight all the time and everything is decorated in these gorgeous Bright colors and, and flowers yeah. but it's like so ugly and dark and sinister <laughs> yeah it's very well done with they when they do the contrast like that so um as part of the ceremony they sacrifice nine people as offerings so right now they've killed four visitors two villagers have volunteered and two that committed genocide, which were the two that committed. Oh, okay. Let me restart this. Let me restart this. I forgot about this part. <clears throat> so they've killed four visitors. Two villagers have offered themselves up as volunteers. Uh, there were the other two that committed the genocide, and Danny is to select is to select the last sacrifice, which is between Christian and a local randomly selected. So I have two uh, two things. One, it feels weird to me that they would bring Christian in as an outsider and then offer him to be killed because they only got one baby out of him. They could have gotten more babies from him. So that was a little bit weird to me. So do you think that they just think that he fucked up by, like, finding Simon in a way or, like, Possibly. Why, why I, I, I bet. I I wonder if maybe it was a situation where it was, are you going to kind of convert to our living and can you handle the way we do this? Or does it seem like he can't, which is why he bolts off, he runs away, finds Simon. Gotcha. He and just... is like... They were like, he clearly (laughs) isn't handling it, which is rude because he was tripping. Like, at least let him sober up and then make your mind up. (laughs) Because right up until then, I mean, he wasn't actively engaging in stuff, but he was trying to understand them when he had that really awkward talk about his intentions with Maya. All he said was, well, I ate her pube. And that's all they, that's, that was it. Like, it's not like, I don't know. But yeah, I think it's what you said. Like at that point, they were like. I mean, we got what we wanted, so if he lives, cool. If not, fuck it. So Yeah. We we can do this again. Uh, I don't know. I was wondering why the number nine pops up so much. There's the nine sacrifices. It's every 90 years. Seven plus two is nine. 
Christian has nine letters in his name. Um, okay. <laughs> so apparently nine is a big deal in Norse mythology. There are nine realms depicted in the world tree of Norse cosmology. And yes, Asgard is one of them. For all of our Marvel nerds out there. There yeah. are traditional sacrificial feasts that last for nine days. Oh, yeah. And the ceremony lasts nine days, by the way. Yeah. And Heimdall, the guard of the Rainbow Bridge, was born to nine women. I didn't count, but will you... I'm so sorry to ask this. Find a picture of the mating ceremony and see if there were nine women. Um, Odin hung himself from the world tree for nine days. During Ragnarok, the god of thunder took nine steps before he collapsed. Uh, so yeah, it shows up a lot. And he pulls a lot of Norse mythology, so that's probably why. But yeah, I just thought that was kind of cool. There are 11 women. Cool. 12 plus her. Wait, wait, let me take that back. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. So 13, including her, that's having sex. Okay. They should have kept it at 9. That would have been cool. But, oh well. Uh, so, yeah. <laughs> uh, they end up propping all the bodies up in the temple that they're told not to go into. The big yellow building. And the two volunteers are given uh, some you tree something to di digest which is supposed to make the pain not happen basically so poisoning by they gave them like a swab it's like a tiny little tiny little amount um, and yeah. the poisoning by you tree typically leads to cardiogenic shock but not enough is administered to these poor people historically the Celts and ancient Germanic peoples would dip arrows in yew juice and use it to murder. Yew juice. Yew juice. Murdered by yew juice. Murdered by yew juice. Christ Baby, I want to use some yew juice in some D&D. &D. Christian shot his yew juice. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, I'll give you some yew juice. See, Christian. That's what I said. <laughs> All right. Uh, Anyways. Off track. Um, It's also... Kind of a common way for some people to commit suicide, even today. They uh, just read about it online and they try to do it. So, a terrible way to do that. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so, in the beginning of the movie, you see a random bear that's in a cage and they're like, Look, bear. <laughs> and they're just like, hey, Ignore the bear. <laughs> yeah, and that's about all the juice you get about it. So it comes later on. Well, they end up killing the bear, which is really sad. There's no cats in this movie, but the bear gets killed, and that's really sad. Um, so Christian ends up getting stuffed into the bear's skin uh, as he's paralyzed. And he is placed in the temple to burn and sacrifice, be sacrificed in a bear skin. All nine get put in the temple, and they burn. And yeah. the two... Take the you thing, the you juice. <laughs> Can't say that anymore. Uh, they are not fully dead when they burn it, and then Christian has like a para, para He's paralyzed, uh, but he's, he's still alive. So yeah, three of them burn alive. Yep, lovely times. 
which um, in the you got this you the, go. oh i was gonna say which the village including danny share their pain as they're burning alive they're like spinning in circles and moaning and shouting and stuff because they are and screaming yeah yeah they're sharing that pain and danny's just like eating it up also yeah she starts coughing and and trying to like gasp for air and stuff too she was so petty that she chose christian (laughs) she was like fuck you (laughs) yep i think uh they got her and she be she was May Queen, and now she's there forever. She's stuck with them. <laughs> I'm not sure she's too upset about it. I don't think she is. Either. She wasn't really thriving in her original. No, no. And now she has a family that cares about her because they all are family. And I'm pretty sure they were kind of putting together that Pella and her, or Pele and her, were gonna be a couple. They, he was really sweet to her and like trying, and she was really eating it up. So that's where they were leaning in the trailer for this film uh during this scene they show peach pieces of the scene but they're they show everybody in buyer has biohazard suits instead of just like the regular ritual garb so they were trying to like hide that aspect of it yeah it was super misleading yeah because yeah it got confusing and that's i i think that's why i partly didn't understand why when i first saw it and i was like that's not what if i I had seen the trailer i would have assumed it was like rave where it was like a disease and they were trying to burn all the bodies that had the disease. Yeah. That's not at all what this was. No. And Um, although the bear does seem really random, it's actually featured throughout the film in different spots. So at the beginning when Danny is crying post familial deaths, she is laying in bed, and above her is a painting of a girl bowing heads with a bear. And this print is called Stacker's Lila ba- uh, Stacker's Lila Bass. Uh, it's mm-hmm. French, I think. Uh, poor little bear. And it's an illustration by the. It's Swedish. I lied. By the Swedish painter and illustrator John Bauer who died in 1918. He illustrated a number of fairy tales, including Oskolden's Vandering, translated something like The Walk of Innocence, a fairy tale by Helena Nyblom about a sensual but innocent young girl walking through a forest. In this picture, she meets a bear, kisses his nose, and calls him a poor little bear. So again, they're like predicting what's going to happen. It's really pretty. It's really pretty. It's a gorgeous painting. I want it. It's so cute, too. It's so tender. Yeah. But they corrupted so, it, of course, and made her kill the bear. But Yeah. So the bear in the cage is... Er, the bear is in the cage when they arrive. There's a painting of the bear. Um, There's a painting of the bear burning in they're the... Lo- uh, they're like barracks room has... Yeah. Paintings and runes depicted all over the place. Yeah, it's got like it's like hieroglyphics almost, just little pictures everywhere, uh, that just obviously tell the story. And of course, finally, the bear's intestines being removed. You see all of that happening while Christian's sitting in the corner watching it happening, and then get stuff getting stepped into the skin. <laughs> and I was trying to figure out the meaning of like the bear specifically. I assumed it was Norse mythologically related. 
And the bear is considered to be associated with Odin and said to be his preferred disguise when visiting man and is admired by Viking warriors. Is the most that I could find about it. <laughs> there you go. Uh, side note, I found it really interesting that the community has a practice of sharing people's emotions, which we talked about. Yeah. But uh, there was an article in something called Fox, V-O-X, and mm -hmm. I realized that this is part of the draw for Danny. And like we talked about, she was forced to kind of hide her emotions. And Christian and his friends yeah. were constantly Didn't being care. like, that's so annoying. And she at the beginning is on the phone with her friend and she's like, he's going to dump me because I'm too emotional and I need to just keep this shit to myself. Uh, and then she yeah. goes to this village and they are like, listen, spread the love. Like, Your we don't emotions care. emotions are okay. Yeah, express we'll, it, we'll help celebrate it, share it, we understand it, all that jazz. And then this film ends with Danny just being like happy as fuck, still tripping. So who knows how her, like when she became sober, how she felt. But maybe they just keep her on drugs for the rest of her life. <laughs> yeah, this, the mindsets of all of them are questionable. Yeah. Um, and then there is a thread that exists on the internet saying that Danny had an untreated mental illness that comes out under the use of these psychedelic drugs throughout the film, and that this is clearly the case because of the medication she takes at the beginning. I disagree with that theory entirely. The medication that she was taking, um, they show the label on it, and if you Google it, it's an anti- anxiety medication it's also used yeah. as, a, as a sleeping pill yeah that's not indicative of any wild or barred crazy mental illness and she was in pain she found a group that understood it and allowed her to feel it that was it additionally yep. she is not in the right state of mind <laughs> but it's not because of her like, because she has some like underlying mental illness throughout the whole time they're there <clears throat> they are taking drugs she takes a bunch of sleeping pills and she doesn't necessarily sleep the whole time which we all know you might know really fucks you up <laughs> um she isn't eating properly because they don't like the food so they even comment on how, like how they're hungry and they're not really eating uh i think the first time she actually eats is when she's been made may queen and even then she's so drugged that she's just like distracted she's so like she her body is fluctuating <laughs> but all yeah. again it's just making her more suggestible yeah uh but yeah so i disagree with that theory completely so at the end fun little fact i mean the end that's the end of the movie. <laughs> yep that's how it ends she is moaning happily and she people smiles. are burning alive so yeah um, fun little note though, Ari Aster does have a Reddit for Q and A's, and he left a comment that said the last ritual of the film is what happens every ninety years. The rest is is business as usual, meaning all the other years that they have a regular midsummer celebration, solemn sacrifice. Um, although it suggested that there are more days of celebration to come, the movie hasn't or doesn't span across all nine days. So. We don't know. I would be curious to know if <clears throat> part of it is 
their relationship between Danny and Pella getting kind of like accepted or maybe him getting officially anointed as the next thing. Maybe, uh, yeah. Because, so I did mention that there was a theory that he becomes the next scribe, I guess. Yeah. Um, and at first I was like, that doesn't make sense. But then the more research I did, the more I thought about it. I was like, eh, it kind of makes sense. Uh, before Danny picks the final sacrifice, the main elder says, Oh, thank you, Pele, for bringing our May Queen to us. You are truly, I don't know, unhindered or whatever. Uh, so he uses the exact same words to describe him as he did the pers the current scribe, the disabled scribe. And so a lot of people are like, listen, he thinks that he could do it. Uh, he has that artistic ability. Um, he's kind of, people think that he knew that Danny would be the next May Queen. And that's kind of why he liked her so much. Um, and brought her there and helped. Right. So it's not totally far-fetched. I still don't think it's true, but it's not totally far-fetched. But basically, it, this film is kind of a twisted fairy tale. Uh, there's the homage to that painting about the fairy tales. But the Hollywood Reporter pointed out that the story of Midsommar maps onto, quote, fairy tale tropes almost perfectly. Danny is the poor maiden who travels to a faraway land and discovers her royal birthright, the May Queen. Christian is the inept prince. Mark is the jester, whose foolishness is his demise. Josh is the wizard whose quest to acquire more knowledge comes at a deadly cost. And Pele is the noble knight, the servant of the Harga. I wouldn't mind if they added Florence Pugh to the Disney princess line. I I would buy her wear. <laughs> I think she's wonderful. I think she's so wonderful. Um, So as we always do, I have a graveyard for us. So... We'll go through the graveyard. We'll talk about which one we think is the best kill win. And then I'll look it up on Fangoria while we continue on and I'll find try and find it. Yeah. So the graveyard starts off with uh, Sister Terry, Mom and Dad, all killed by the carbon monoxide poisoning, whether Terry did it or what's his face? Pele. Pele. We'll never know. The next deaths we see are the 72-year-old uh, in the village, the woman that jumped and died on impact of smashing her face on the rock, and the man who has his head brutally smashed in by the family uh, with the meat tenderizer. Again, head trauma with Ari Aster is a big staple of his work. And, it's and it is zoomed weird. in and close. There. You see it. You see everything. You see the, the, the nose. The, no, no, the nose. Get, you see it. You see it. Um... <laughs> Then you see Simon, uh, well, you then Simon is found by Christian after being um, flayed and flayed and other, all that good stuff. Um, so the way that he gets killed. Well, well, he sees Josh before he sees Simon. I know, but Simon was killed first. I guess, oh, you're right, you're right, Simon was killed first, you are right. So this ritual is called the Blood Eagle, and it's a Norse practice of execution. And according oh. to SmithsonianMag.com, it involved removing the victim's ribs from their spine by pulling their bone and skin outward to form a set of wings, 
and removing their lungs from their chest cavity. So that's what you see. He's yeah. hanging by his ribs and his lungs are pulled out. Like Again, an eagle. beautifully, beautifully <laughs> artistically terrifying. It's gorgeous in a gross way. Um, so after Simon dies, Connie, uh, who we don't know what really happened to her. It's unknown. She just disappears and she's wet um, when they bring her body in that's all you see yeah. is she's wet <laughs> yeah that's that's all you get um mark is skinned and <laughs> that's all you get on that you see his face after a little while on somebody else's face um <laughs> josh gets blunt force trauma to the head because he gets hit with the big tenderizer as well the chujil chug chuggle chuggle things called cudgel like yeah the the bear which is Sad sadly cut things. open and dissected which doesn't it doesn't deserve that um after that you see the two uh two volunteers that are burned alive and then christian is the final to be burned alive in the um temple house thing yeah whatever they call it so that is the graveyard which one do you think is the best kill that fangoria um, oh. I personally think it's probably the 72-year-old woman who jumps off the cliff and smashes her face on the rock. I was going to say, it's going to be, depending on how they rate it, because I don't actually know. Yeah. I was thinking Simon's is just cooler to see. But That's true. The old His woman is pretty. The old woman is more just like in your face. Yeah, you see it happen. And... So, let's see what I can find. While you do that, I'm going to talk about um, a different theory that I found. Which, this one, I completely think is awesome and go with. So, one theory I found through a screen rant clicking hole, telling you that site gets me, suggests that the four outsider deaths are each associated with one of the elements. Which, to me, is not far-fetched because everything they do is very elemental-based. So, in a way, this whole festival is about fertility. <laughs> Katie's face tells me that she found the answer and she disagrees. I wholeheartedly disagree. And is like, it Christian? I think I... Yeah. Ah. It's fucking Christian in the bear suit on fire. Boo. I'm let down by that. I... I need you to find their grading criteria. <laughs> like what? It was a write-in category. Interesting. Uh, but again, this festival is all about fertility. There's the blessing of the crops, uh, the baby between Maya and Christian. That's what we see is that fertility part. Plus, it's like spring into summer. All that jazz. So Josh's death represents Earth, and he is found buried in the garden. His foot is like sticking out like a flower, if you think about it. He has the runic symbol of Manaz carved on the bottom of his foot. The Screenwrite article that I read said that it was the Ansu's rune, which is like a crooked F. But that is not at all what the symbol is that's on his foot. It's like a figure eight on its side with legs. So it looks like a table, but it's upside down. Um... And according to runesecrets.com, this is the rune of the divine structure of intelligence in the human solar psyche. Rune of the horizons of human existence and collect potential. 
I also saw somewhere where it means intelligence, self, family, community, and tradition. When upside down, it's believed that runes are inverted, so their meaning is like a darker side, kind of. And let's see, uh, this one was upside down, so the reverse symbol means rigid, resistant to change, selfish, self-centered, cruel, rude, harsh, traitor, reckless, chaos, confusion. 100% Josh, in my opinion. Uh, he was being selfish and self-centered, and he was being a traitor against his word that he wasn't going to take pictures of his thing. He was being rude to Christian about their thesis statements, which they were going to be totally different, so there was no reason for him to get all blah at Christian about that. But uh, if the Merkstav, which is what runesecrets.com called the reverse rune, um, has arrived in a rune mead reading, it is time for you to face yourself, to realize that you have not properly taken your place as part of your community. Josh did not. Your unwillingness to make appropriate changes has resulted in you not being welcome, not being accepted, and perhaps harming your community by extension. Josh. So, uh, it says keep loyal, stand by those you can count, blah 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 blah. But basically, yeah, he is Earth. Mark's death represents fire. They believe that this is supported by the fact he is stuffed with hay, uh, because hay is super flammable. So when you see him getting wheeled into the temple, it's his skin like a scarecrow, kind of. And uh in the article, they say, they're like questioning that he's fire, because they're like, the only thing we can say is that hay is flammable, and I guess that means he's fire. But his shirt has the upside down version of the manas, which we just talked about, because he also fucked up. Uh, he also has a symbol that is in like the crease of his shirt, so I can't really see what it is. And the third rune on him, it's a circle with a bunch of like triangles sticking off of it like a sun and it although that specifically is not a rune it is made up of the swilo rune which is the little spikes around the circle of the sun that you see and it represents the power of the living flame burning within us this is actually the rune of the sun and uh, that's kind of on the nose the reverse of it is also pretty on the money <laughs> says dishonesty with our goals to ourselves and others poor advice is possibly given maliciously which is him this whole time to christian about danny a uh, retribution for past wrongs he gets killed for peeing on a tree and the carriage of fierce justice destruction by the hand of the gods it is sometimes the omen of the past coming back back to haunt us that we are due to pay for our past wrongs which is the reason he dies. He is also wearing a hat while they're wheeling him away, just like the painting at the beginning. But yes, he is fire. He is fire! Even though they Sorry. all die in a fire. But yeah, I like mm -hmm. it. Thanks. Connie's death represents water. Uh, we don't see how she dies, but she oh, is... She's found in the water. She's wet when they wheel her in. <laughs> she's um, wet. And her skin looks like she's been submerged in the water for a few days. Yeah. I didn't see any runes on her to really tell us anything. Uh, 
but the runic symbol for water, which is called Lagus, sunsigns.org says the meaning of Lagus is all about emotional balance. And that makes sense to me because she was freaking the fuck out. Yeah. Uh, the reverse meaning is uncontrolled emotions, oversensitive, rage, anger, tempers, damage, loss, go under, submerged, overwhelmed. So she got overwhelmed. Uh, that, yeah, that would make sense. They submerged her in water. Boom. Uh, Simon's death is last, and it represents air. Or his didn't occur last, but the one we'll talk about. Um, his yeah. represents air, which makes sense because he is in the blood eagle position. He's literally suspended. Eagles uh, fly in the air. Christian flying. walks in <laughs> and thinks he can hear him breathing. So the air moving in and out. Ooh, there you go. As we talked about, I don't actually think he's still alive. Um, no. Although when the Norse mythology group people were said to have done this, they did drag it out. <laughs> so like breaking the ribs and spreading them, that wouldn't necessarily kill you. Ooh, rough. But, but I don't think they did that to him. I think they killed him quickly and then splayed him like that. Probably. Uh, I could not find a runic symbol for air that necessarily related to his death the same way everybody else's did. There is a specific rune for air, but it, in my opinion, didn't make sense uh, as much as the other ones did. But yeah, um, that was it for the death. So I think that's a super cool theory that somebody found, and I think it's true. I don't think it's a theory. I think it's intentional. <laughs> That's pretty smart. It's pretty pretty smart. Pretty spot on. Uh, the other runes that are seen throughout the film are also pretty spot on. Uh, I found the rest of these described on a article on theweek.com theweek titled What Runes Mean Midsummer," And they pulled their information from two books. Lisa Chamberlain's Runes for Beginners, A Guide to Reading Runes and Divination, Rune Magic and the Meaning of the Elder Fullark Runes, and Ralph H. Blum, his book, The Book of Runes, A Compass for Navigating in Turbulent Times. So there's an arrow that's pointing up called a Tiwaz rune. It is displayed on a shirt worn by Christian during their ceremonial sex act, <laughs> I guess. And it's also on the rock that is at the very top of the pride rock where the two sacrifice themselves. And it is associated with the god Tyr and also with masculine power and energy. In Lisa Chamberlain's book, the appearance of the rune is said to additionally, quote, speak of the need to put our causes above our personal desires if the greater good requires it. Which occurred in the Cenocide. The elderly people are putting their deaths above what they want. Uh, and Christian is forced to sleep with her for the good of the community. <laughs> the next one looks like a wonky E and it's called the Peoro and it is seen in the boarding house that they sleep in and that ceremonial rune rock and it means uncertain meaning, a secret matter, initiation, everything's really secretive. Also seen in the boarding house in the shape of their ant in the tables that they eat at, like the shape that the tables make during their opening ceremony and at the fertility paintings is called Odol and it looks like a fish like laid sideways <laughs> or up and down sorry 
It is associated with familiar groups and inheritance. The one that looks like the crooked F, like I said earlier, uh, that's worn by their female elder, and it is called Ansus and is associated with leadership, divine power, and wisdom. Ingus is a fertility symbol, and it's like a little circle uh, that kind of looks like the degrees where you're like Fahrenheit, like the little degrees thing, but it's kind of a diamond mm -hmm. instead. Uh, there's that one, and then uh, the Gebo, which is an X associated with gifts and generosity. They are combined into one, and they are seen inside the temple and on a big rune rock. Uh, because they are literally gifts to the gods. <laughs> uh, Alges looks like a stick figure with no legs, is what it looks like. It's like a line with a head and arms. Like a Y in the YMCA. That's what it looks like. YMCA. It is seen on the ceremonial stone at Pride Rock. Upside down is the way that it looks. And it depicts the opposite. So instead of protection from evil and danger, it is welcoming evil or allowing them to get hurt. They don't want to be protected from their fall. Uh, they want to die. They want to get hurt. So mm -hmm. that's why I think it's upside down. The R looking rune is Rado and seen frequently worn by Danny. It's also on the paintings and on that ceremonial stone. When facing forward, so like the way that we would write a capital R, the rune stone means to travel journey or reunion, and when it's flipped the opposite direction, uh, like the way that it's seen on Danny's clothes, it means crisis or death. So maybe that's predicting what's going to happen to her? I don't know. Maybe the May Queen dies? Who knows? Another rune on Danny's dress is the Dagas, which is a sideways sand timer. Like an infinity hmm. sign with lots of angles. Yeah. Uh, which normally means awakening, but when it's... I'm sorry, means awakening, dawn, or new beginning, but when it's turned to a standing position, it can mean hopelessness. Hmm. Yeah, those are all the runes that I identified and could find meanings for. And like I said, they did a lot of research because they are all well-placed. Yeah. I I like how much detail they put into that. I really do, though. There is a 2003 Danish original movie called Midsummer as well, and it is directed by Karsten Mylerup and written by Rasmus Heisterberg. And the main character is Christian, whose sister commits suicide. He and four friends go to Sweden to celebrate the Midsummer celebration, and one of his friends' name is Mark. That is huh. the extent of what I know about it that relates to this film. Also, sinister, creepy shit happens. Uh, but, yeah, so there is, like, an original to this film. Um, Interesting. I would, I would be, I think I'm going to try and find it and watch it, if I can, for free somewhere. Because it's written by European groups who actually practice Midsummer Celebrations. So I'd be interested to see how they depict it compared to, like, our American outsider view. Yeah. Um, 
I was going to talk about how the real Midsummer celebration is celebrated, but this is a long episode, so y'all can Google it yourself. Uh, there is a Midsummer festival that was established in 1952 by the Swedish Parliament. At its core, it's an annual celebration of the beginning of summer that takes place from June 19th to June 25th. Hmm. All right. There's probably lots of cool stuff to know about the Midsummer celebration historically. Just know that they don't sacrifice people. Yeah. Generally. That's not a normal tradition. Yeah. I don't think. (laughs) I hope not. Not any that I've been invited to. Yeah. And and not that I I, I don't want to be invited to something like that. I'm going to tell you right now. I don't know what I would do to get killed, but I'd probably get killed. I like to think I'd be a good kid, but I, uh, we already know that I'm not. I would hope that they would allow me to leave at the end. <laughs> and I could just be like, thanks, see you in 90 years, and then run really yeah, fast. Oh. Uh, do you have anything else to add for this film? Nope. I think we covered everything. So we liked it. Our partners did not like it. Um, Tyler's yes. like, stupidest fucking movie I've ever seen. And I was like, you just can't appreciate it <laughs> the way that I can. Um, I Pretty much. I think they did a good job. It's different, for sure. Like, I was expecting one thing. Never happened. It does kind of take a long time. The only thing I got really annoyed by is Danny, like, being super suspicious of Christian the whole time. Which I get it. But, um... I think I just hated that she was still dating him because he clearly wasn't interested. And I was like, girl, you yeah. can do better. <laughs> that was probably the part that annoyed me. Just walk away. But yeah, that's it. Recommendations if you liked this film. The Ritual, just like we suggested for Antlers. Uh, the Ritual's better than this movie, I think. Um, different, but better. Midnight Sun is a 2016 film. It is... Uh, so I found a description provided by a contributor contributor in IMDb. <clears throat> a French police officer travels to a place, which is a small mining community in remote southern Sweden, so we're back in Sweden, to investigate a brutal murder of a French citizen with the help of Anders Harnesk, a Swedish DA and a member of the Sami, an ancient, mysterious indigenous tribe of Scandinavia. They are faced with new killings and the initial murderer Uh, turns out to be the tip of the iceberg. They eventually realize that behind the killings is the 10-year-old secret conspiracy... I thought it was going to say 10-year-old kid, and I was like, what the fuck? Secret conspiracy involving many of the town's inhabitants. And they find a serial killer. Lots of stuff happens. But that was a recommendation related to this film. Uh, The Witch is also another folklore movie that is it's so good i like the witch it's a it's an a24 film is it oh yeah you said that at the beginning duh yeah uh and then i put carrie the 1976 version specifically okay although i did like the remake but uh ari aster said that this was the first horror movie he remembers being traumatized by as a kid 
Interesting. So that's why I put that in there. Stephen King, this was his first book, was Carrie. And he sold it for way more money than he thought he was going to. And um, he almost didn't write it because he was like, I know nothing about being a teenage girl. And his wife was like, I think you should. I'll help you. Fun fact. That, that I'm sorry. His wife. That wasn't like the first thing he wrote ever. Um, He had stuff published in magazines. But that was like his first big Stephen King novel. Right. So. Yeah. And then he went on to write like Misery and It and things like that in a drunken stupor. Um, and I'm just like, I couldn't even fathom putting something together like that being sober. But you did it like tripping. Yeah. Yeah, that's... I can't imagine the way that he writes and how well he does it and, and being in the state of mind that he's in when he does that. Yeah, I'm sure he has to go to a dark place sometimes. Very, very dark place. And that dark place is his basement. He writes in his basement in like a yeah. yep. shed level office thing. But uh, that's it. That's the film. Thank you for the recommendation. I know I'd seen the poster. I was never going to watch it because I had no idea what was it about. Um, I still didn't know what it was about when I watched it, clearly, but it was good. I was going to say, at least you enjoyed it a little bit. Like, that's what matters. And I feel like we only still skimmed the surface of all the stuff to be found in that film. 100%. We don't know what our next movie is. We're going to surprise you with that. And if you have a recommendation and you send it to us, we will do it. Um, Sorry we can't get our shit out on time. It's been a hectic fucking year. So Yeah, man. It's it's been a hell of a ride. It's only March. Uh, yeah, well, it's almost April. That's a scary thought. I would like to say we're going to get our next one out on time, but I make no promises. But thank you for coming back and listening at all. Thanks for <laughs> sharing. Spread the weird. And, yeah. Spread the weird. The weird. The weird. And the weird. Macabre. The macabre. The macabre. Our spiderweb souls need more spiderweb souls. That's right. <gasps> And on that note, uh, if you have a re- uh, a registration, oh my gosh, if you have a recommendation, you can send it to our Gmail account at horror underscore oh, Gmail horrorcatswoodchats <laughs> at gmail.com. <laughs> All one word. Or you can hit us up on Facebook and Instagram at horror underscore cats underscore witch hats. So used to doing it in reverse that that threw me off. Uh, that's it. Meow. Meow.